which uh, will be running Africa's Ultimate Storytelling Contest. And uh, Tandwa Figa joins us this evening. Tandwa Figa, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good evening, Ayabonga. Gapile, I'm Sheng. Gapile, I was just listening to a conversation you were having. Hey, I wish you could carry on. You know those stories. You know those stories. I mean, even, and, and these are not old things we're talking about here, brother. Mm. This is recent history. You know, uh, people get shocked when when we talk about things that happened in the 30s and they think it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's not even 100 years ago. Um, I mean, somebody was talking about the unions yesterday and I was saying unions haven't been legal in South Africa for black people. Um, mm. It hasn't even been 50 years. And so, the interesting thing mm. is that those stories live on and they shape the next generation. Exactly. So it's important that people like who advocate tell those stories mm. so that the next generation, when it shapes itself, it's based on a narrative that is true. Which is what you're doing, one. right? With Haditya Africa. Uh, yes, that's what we are trying extremely hard to do. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, so what we are busy doing... Now, now, I mean, traditionally, when we talk about storytelling, um, it's largely the medium is the oral tradition passed on intergenerationally. Um, and I guess, you know, life and our context now often doesn't allow for that type of intergenerational interaction. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, many of us are migrants, um, you know, when, so when somebody thinks of umakolo, 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 and uh, limited likelihood that, you know, any children in that environment will have consistent contact, let alone, you know, uh, an opportunity to hear some of these stories. Uh, how have you navigated that? Um, and in a way that documents those stories and uh, continues to really keep some of the lessons inherent in those? You know, Ayawonga, with the advent of the internet and email, social media, it's it's never been easier to reach people than it mm. is today. Mm. Right? You can reach people quite easily. You set up an account, and 20 minutes later, you are literally transmitting messages to 100,000 people. But it's never been more difficult to make people care. Because with so many messages coming from strangers, people care less about them. So you can transmit, but you don't have the attention. And that's what we've lost, those stories from our fathers, mothers, grandmothers. Right? Mm. We try and digitize these stories. So one of the things we do is to give voices to people that would not ordinarily get onto the internet to document their stories. And then they're digitized and they live on forever on the internet. Mm. And the next thing now is to make people care enough to listen to them so that we can understand someone who didn't grow up with you uh, and build a tolerance that we want amongst Africans. Sure, sure, sure. Because that story is a narrative. And if your narrative that you understand is got limited stories to it, mm. then we misunderstand each other. Shengu, I want you. I want us to pause here for a second, eh? mm-hmm. and when we come back, let's talk about this idea of tolerance, um, and I guess cross-cultural pollination of stories, ideas, and experiences. Uh, because it might sound like a very nice kumbaya thing, but it might be something that we might have to do out of necessity in a context where we find ourselves in. It is indeed, and nine minutes now it is before 9 p.m. Uh, I'm in conversation uh, this evening for our Culture Talk segment uh, with uh, the co-founder of Haditya Africa, Tandwe Fika Shabalala. I was saying, Mshengu, you know, when we started the show, uh, 
they might have thought at some stage that hey, this child uh, will be i guess the the carrier of yongele uh, mibongo and all of these poems mm. and, and and of course i think that's our task um and 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 maybe i want us to touch on that before we get to to the other thing i wanted to to talk about this idea of storytelling is something that is a golden thread across space and time and even interest. Because there's always this idea that, you know, storytelling is for people in the humanities. Mm. And in my experience, you know, you need to tell stories everywhere you go in life. Uh, because that's what, I guess, you know, builds a rapport with people. That's what gets people confident and energized behind whatever vision. Uh, and yet it seems we, we've... Always felt as Africans, you know, uh, when I come into a boardroom, let me leave my ability to tell stories behind. When I come into a certain space, um, let me convey ideas and visions in certain kinds of ways uh, that I guess extricate myself from a very strong oral tradition and storytelling tradition as well. Yo, on Kumuza, my first presentation in 2004. Mm. Uh, so uh, I worked for an e-learning department, which was very new in South Africa at the time. Sure. Uh, the idea of e-learning was, was fresh. So our senior manager picked me out and said, you know, uh, come present what this e-learning thing is to the organization, which mm. was Russell. And I found myself standing in a room of 200 people, mm. uh, never having presented to more than five people before. So I decided oh, I need to change strategies here. And I went back to what we used to do when I was a child. We sit around and tell stories at home and switch the TV off. And then, you know, we tell stories about our day, um, my mother's day. Um, some of them had lessons. Some of them were pure entertainment. So I took it there. And the result was people were impressed. And I fell in love with storytelling. Mm. And in corporate, I just have not stopped telling stories. I still do. Uh, it's what I do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, I did a project with one of the retail chain a while back uh, where they were changing the entire system that brings in their supply chain, their fresh produce, to be just in time. Now, when you change something like that, you change it across all their stores, which means you have a 1,000 people affected. The problem is not the system. The problem is people accepting the system. Without a narrative and a story that they understand why the system's changing and how it's improving their lives, People rejected and sabotage it. Mm. So my job is yeah. then to craft a story that gets told, that people accept and accept the new change. Mm. And, and it's not just small companies. I mean, you look at Africa, we're trying to go with uh, African continental free trade area. Yes, yes. Without a good story that allows us to tolerate each other as neighbors, that will never mm. work. And, and let's talk about this. Because I think, you know, oftentimes when we speak about Afrophobic sentiment, mm-hmm. uh, there's a sense that South Africa is the only place where this exists. And, and that's a very ahistorical reading because if one goes back to the history of uh, post-independence Nigeria, the Ghana must go yeah. uh, experience. If you go to places like Zambia, yeah. where there's certain attitudes and even you know, parts of Zimbabwe as well, similar attitudes uh, towards people coming from places like Somalia and other parts of the world. Mm. Um, It makes one wonder, you know, whether or not, um, you know, storytelling can get us out of this. Uh, And I say this in a context where 
a lot of South Africans get shocked every time they think about, you know, the connections, be it in their language and their past experiences and their histories. We saw Kosa people this week getting shocked that, you know, there was a very nice video out on YouTube of Kosa people in Bembezi, just outside Bulawayo, and some of yeah. the rites of passage and cultural things they were doing there. Um, who set up, and even the conversation we've just had now around fluid identities that are linked to space, linked to so- ties of social kinship, is something we don't engage with because we think these things are static, they're defined by our borders. I'm born here, you born there, and you know that's how it stays. How do stories help us navigate that and I guess also uncover some of the myths behind our notions of nationhood and statehood? So a story got us into the mess we are in today. Mm. Someone came in, drew borders, and said, you have a new identity. That was a story. And the advocates rightly said even ethnicity, uh, to have fixed ethnicity, was a story we were told about identity and we accepted it. Mm. And we still live it today. Stories and travel will get us out of it. Until we craft a narrative that unites Africans, which I don't know what it is yet, <laughs> but until we craft one where we see our neighbors not as in competition with us, mm. but as working you know, towards their own success, uh, which leads to our own success, until that story is told and retold and told again so that the new generation accepts it and grows up with it, uh, that's the only way that we're going to unify Africa and have such things as free trade agreements uh, working throughout the continent. And I like the the second element because Tanabe South Africa is not been a blast, bro. Like before COVID, yeah, because now you know people can't travel across the board. But the, even when we speak aspirationally, when I'm sharing, because I think that's the realm of what we're talking about here, the realm of what is possible. When we speak about aspirations, bang, I feel like million gomso. In the island, it's not Lake Malawi. It's not Lake Malawi. You know, it's not Lalibela in Ethiopia. It's not, um, you know, uh, the Matopos in Zimbabwe. It's not, uh, you know, going to Angola, Capo Verde or somewhere. Um, mm. That is one quite close because, you know, it's in the global south, but also on our continent. We're not there. Um, and, and, and that's quite concerning for me because you also tend to then see the implications of that in how it filters through into our discourse, how we grapple with ideas, how we grapple with difference, um, mm. and, and how we understand those things. But it can change, uh, Ayabok. Mm. If you think about the, the brand essay and the short left campaign they ran. Sure. They ran it hard. Yeah, even in our own country. Yeah, some Kualapa inside. Mm. Before that, we were extra plus. Now it seems we are traveling within the country. Mm. Um, Our routes established. There are bus buses that run from Johannesburg to Cape Town and allow you to jump on and off the bus and explore your own country. Uh, We have an understanding now that our country is beautiful. We can travel it. It was not always like this. Mm. We wouldn't just travel unless you were visiting a family member. Or going home, you know. (laughs) Or going home. You know what they say, you know, white people go on holiday, we go home. <laughs> but the challenge is that what was what is being promoted is is the type of travel that appeals to um, a part of the South Africans' population mm. and not the entire population. As a result, that part of the population travels more now than than the other parts. Yeah. There's no tour that goes to the JMV net, right? <laughs> it's always to the <laughs> to the garden routes sure, or sure. the nature stuff, but it doesn't cater for everyone. 
So whatever we've promoted has worked. The garden routes have been explored. Mm. But the more urban travelers have not um, been marketed to enough sure, or told sure. the story that they can travel uh, within the country. Shengu, unfortunately, Shengu. man, we're out of time. But uh, just briefly, 30 seconds, let's talk about this competition. Okay, so Africa's Ultimate Storyteller is a contest that we run once a year okay. where we crown Africa's Ultimate Storyteller. Hmm. Now, we're looking for storytellers from all age groups, 18 to 65, sure. because all stories need to be heard from people that are grown and experienced yes. and the young ones. Prize money, $1,000. Hmm. That's about 14000 14000 To enter, go to story.africa. You'll find all the information there. And if you want to know about us, it's Hadithi Ya dot Africa. Alala. Thanks a lot, my brother. Angbonga Sopuz. That there was uh, Tanrefika Shabalala joining us uh, this evening. Uh, we wrap it up here. Big thank you, George Nachola, for putting this together. Have yourself a great weekend. Take strength, my Africa. Nangoku siyaibanga. Le ekonomi.